Hey there and welcome to this week's conversation. My name is Charles. It's so good to see you. I'm one of the pastors at King's and uh, this week we've got a fantastic uh, conversation. We've got a star-studded star -studded lineup of great people at King's. We've got Phil Varley, who's the senior associate pastor who oversees our four sites. We have Andrew Wilson, our teaching pastor, and Cindy Dixon, who's one of our pastors at King's as well. So great to see you guys. It's so good to have you with me on this week's conversation. We're going to be talking about a whole load of things. Life in lockdown. We're going to review uh, Psalm 23. And uh, that was what Steve was preaching on at the weekend. And we're just going to have uh, just a great time getting to know one another, hearing each other's stories and uh, connecting on that level. So if you're tuning in for the very first time, we do hope you enjoy this week's conversation. And we hope to do many more of these uh, in the coming weeks. So um, I'm going to kick off the conversation really by just seeing how you guys are doing. We're obviously now uh, you know, in lockdown. We've been in lockdown for several weeks now and uh, life is tough for many of us. So it'd be great to hear how you guys are doing. Uh, Phil Varley, why don't you kick us off? How is life in lockdown for you? Uh, thank you, Charles, for going with me first. That's kind of you. When you, when you started by saying there's a star-studded lineup, I wondered who else you got on. <laughs> the rest of us. But then I realised you were talking about us, which is very good. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we're, we're all right. It's, it's weird, isn't it? The kind of lockdown thing has become bizarrely normal. I, I know it's not normal, and I get reminded it's not normal, but it feels like, oh, yeah, I'm... I'm in a room looking at the screen again and um but yeah that's so we're obviously we're at home um uh, there's four six of us four kids so we're all together which is nice we are fortunate we're in uh, a house with a garden and the weather has been a bit of a blessing i think so actually all is all is pretty good all things considered there are obviously there are challenges and not be able to see people and be able to see family and you know, older parents and things like that are a concern, but we're doing all right. Um, we've, we've lost a, one of ours has lost part of their university year and I've lost their A-levels, which is all a bit of a blow, but in the grand scheme of life, you know, yeah. Worst things happen at sea, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can't complain if I'm honest, Charles, I think we've got it pretty good compared to some people. That's good, sir. and uh, it's good to know that you're at home and not, you know, on holiday or... Uh, not out somewhere, yeah. <laughs> if I was on holiday, I hope I would find a nicer room than this if I was on holiday, just to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, looking at our backdrops, it looks like you and I are in the same room. No, we're not in the same room. <laughs> that's, that's reassuring. Um, and Andrew Wilson, how's life in lockdown for you? Um, yeah, it's, uh, we've, it's been a, a tale of three thirds. I think we, we had, um, the first month went really well. The kids, uh, kids had done really well throughout, to be honest, but, uh, it was sunny and we were all outside and there was a little bit of novelty. And I think the kids just enjoying having me around a lot more. And so we found a new way of making the week work, but then I think we hit a bit of a wall and we had a couple of weeks, which were much harder and realized we just can't, can't carry on like this because kids disabilities and lack of help and that sort of thing were just not very sustainable for us um and then a week ago we managed to get my son a place in school for a day a week on grounds of key worker and social worker and disability and stuff and my daughter's still at home all the time and then my little one my little boy who's four is getting a bit of nursery time on a, on a couple of days a week and that's just reintroduced a bit more capacity so we're kind of family-wise hanging in there but i think to be honest pretty pretty desperate to be able to interact at least with just a very small, oh, I was 
I was really hoping they were going to say something about this yesterday, like the small circle of people, you know, the, you know, that idea where you can have yeah. 10 people who are like your, you and yours. I, I think if, mm. you know, some of my mood about the whole thing was summarized by that, by the Sam Hales who, who from uh, premier Christianity magazine, who just tweeted, this is all very well, but when do I get to see my family? Which is pretty much the only thing that we really wanted to know. And uh, I think that even if we had just allowed five people that we could see, that would make quite a big difference because the ch otherwise the children, it's like kettling. It <laughs> feels like just like boxed in and, um, and just relationally a bit tough. So I think probably uh, where a lot of parents are. I wasn't sure how they were going to do that, though, if they'd gone there on the whole, choose, you know, another family or five people, because then you awkward, immediately feel awkward about the people you don't choose, don't you? Don't oh, totally. That, yeah. It's a terrible moment where no one, everybody thinks, no one's going to choose me. That's what we're, all our secret fear is. Yeah. All our friends will gang up together. And, you know, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. We were, like a, that's like why I wanted the opportunity. <laughs> you can get out of this room with me, Andrew. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, thank you, uh, Andrew, for letting us know how things are going. I know it must be really tough for uh, people out there who've got children at home. So uh, we definitely feel for you on that. Um, how, how about you, Cindy? How's uh, life in lockdown for you? Do you know what, Charles? Initially, I struggled. It was like, um, you know, just having to stay at home and not being able to just go out and be free. And I think it's kind of monotonous as well. So you wake up every morning and staring at the same walls. You get out, you're thinking, right, what do I do today? Go downstairs, have a shower, da 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 You know, so I just struggled a, li a little bit with that. And I think also for me as well, Isaac has been furloughed and he was furloughed from day one. So I was working and then my daughter was furloughed and then my son is furloughed. So I'm the only one who's actually working at home as well. So it's just that interaction where people want to knock at the door and have a quick chat and stuff and I'm kind of trying to work. So I think that's kind of difficult and has been a struggle. But you know what, I think in life, I try and see the positive in everything. And like Phil was saying, some of us are luckier than others. And I have got a garden, so I can go outside and get some fresh air, get some sun. I have got my family around me, like my immediate family, so my husband and my two kids. And a lot of people haven't got that. There's people who are in isolation and have been for weeks on their own, you know, yeah. so that is difficult. So I think, you know, I see it as something different, something we need to get used to. And I think we're learning from this as well. You know, I'm spending more time like reading the Bible and reading books. And, you know, these are things that I just never have time doing because I'm always running around. So for me, it's been kind of a learning curve. Yeah, struggling a little bit, but just seeing the blessings that I have in all of this, because I think I am lucky. And I think there's other people out there who are not as lucky as I am. So I think overall, it's kind of been, you know, different emotions, different feelings, different kind of, you know, um, things just we're doing differently that I'm not used to. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it is, I think it is what it is as well, isn't it, for all of us. And I think things will get better, you know, things will change, but, you know, eventually we'll be let out. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely, um, <laughs> definitely some challenges, but some good opportunities yeah. as well, isn't there? And uh, lots to be grateful for. Uh, for Absolutely. Um, for, for me, I've been trying to take the opportunity to, to get outside, uh, been cycling, doing some running. Uh, as, as you guys know, I'm really active normally, so uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a hard time for me, but I'm still trying to get out there as much as I can to cycle and run and, and do those things. So. Um, and obviously now with the, the news coming yesterday uh, from Boris Johnson, we're now able to have unlimited exercise, which I was <laughs> thrilled about. 
so I was really pleased about that. Then, uh, I'm just imagining you doing star jumps from seven in the morning. Amy <laughs> <laughs> shouting, time to come in, Charles. <laughs> doing my unlimited exercise. <laughs> I can now legitimately go on like three hour bike rides and things like that. So this is, uh, this is good for me. Um, obviously, we're recording this on, on Monday morning, so uh, the news from Boris Johnson is, is fresh. Mm. Uh, but it'd be good to get your reactions. Uh, I know that there were lots of conditions on what he was saying. There's lots of ifs and, you know, we'll just see how things pan out in the next couple of weeks. Um, but Phil, have you got any, any reflections, any reactions to Boris's announcement today? <laughs> I was, I was going to be, I was waiting to see what Andrew had to say, actually. Um, no, I, I, I mean, it was kind of what you thought, wasn't it? It was like a marginal shift. And that seemed to be, I don't know, I assume that was what they were going to do, because it seems crazy to lock down this hard for so long and then to change everything fast, because mm. that's the very thing they want to avoid doing. So, no, no, I, if I'm honest, not a great surprise and probably a fairly, sen it seems to be fairly sensible I mean, it's, it's just challenging, isn't it? How they balance needing to get the economy going and yet trying to curb any, you know, speed up in the spread is just must be very difficult. So, no, I think it's going to be much the same, isn't it? Apart from you doing unlimited exercise, Charles. <laughs> I'm going to come back super fit. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see Angie doing unlimited exercise. That's what I really want to see. <laughs> Angie, do you exercise? Do I exercise? Is that the question? I'm just asking. Spinderella, oh my What do you goodness. think, Cindy? You know, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> you don't look like the running type. You don't look like the cycling type. Do you cycle? I'm, 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 by the way, the offence is piling up. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> exactly. Keep going, Cindy. Keep going. Andrew's defence, he is a wicked uh, table tennis player. It's just an Andrew's. Oh, so he no, doesn't run. No, it's not. Not table tennis no, at all. Table it's football. Table football. Oh, sorry. Table that's football. not exercise either, Charles. So that's not <laughs> digging me or defending me at all. Yeah, he's he's um, Andrew is brilliant at sports where he gets to stand still. <laughs> uh, I actually I I play um we, most of the because of the kids we're using we've been using our hour just to go for walks with the children obviously but I play a lot of football because I have an eleven year old who's just football mad and so that's what we do a lot so. Um, I put with that and parenting generally and walking for an hour, you get plenty of exercise. Oh. Probably fewer star jumps than Charles and certainly <laughs> running, running less far than Phil. <laughs> I, I, my, my thing with the announcement, I, I just, I felt like I wanted more, I wanted clarity on a couple of things that didn't come. I wasn't expecting them to yes. change it. Mm. Um, yes. But I felt, I was, I was disappointed by, I, I think it didn't help that I'd seen the Australians had put out a roadmap and they turned it into mm. a little one-page screenshot of three stadiums. You know, some of you have seen it. And I watched that and I thought, that's exactly what we need. Like, stay, even if we don't know dates, but like, this is the first thing. This is what will happen then. This is what will happen then. And this is how we'll know if we're there. And this is where... And so for me, it's things like, I mean, I care about three things, really. When can, we, when can the kids see their family? When mm. are the kids going to go back to school? And obviously, in the long term, when are we going to get to meet together as church? At a personal level, those are the three things that matter to me. I don't, couldn't care to hoots about being able to go to a clothes shop. Lots of people do. That's not my issue. But I just felt like I'm no clearer in the fog on any of those three things, really, as a result of what, what was said. And I felt like whether that was a missed opportunity or whether it was just a result of the bungling with the briefing, the press last week, and clearly people getting overexcited, I, I felt disappointed. Um, and Rachel and I, I think, had just looked at each other at the end of it. It was like, oh. 
I just feel mm. really, I, I kind of, mm. you want to see light at the end of the tunnel and I felt like it wasn't there yet. So um, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, difficult. I, I don't, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but mm, I still mm. felt a bit underwhelmed. Yeah. yeah I, and there's I, quite, there's quite a lot going around about the vagueness of it, isn't there? Which, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, on, Cindy, I, sorry. I was just saying, I felt the same as Andrew because it's like this popcorn cinema moment. So all just like everybody gathers in the front room waiting to hear what Boris has to say. And I think at the end of it, because there's so, there's so much difference in our family. So obviously Isaac is in retail. My daughter is, um, she's manages like dance. So she manages like frame. So there's, and then my son is in the entertainment business. So we all have different kind of, you know, professions. And I think for all of us, I was just trying to think about how it would fit. And it, it was just, I was just thinking about what does alert mean? And um, yeah, you can go out and have unlimited exercise, but then some people should be going to work like the construction and the manufacturing. And then, so what about like, I need some face cream and I need to do my nails. So I'm thinking, um, can they open? Can I go and get, go, go, go and buy some face cream? You know, so it's just like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I think, so you have like small businesses and I'm thinking, should they open? So it's just kind of thinking about all this stuff and they're like, oh my God. So at the end of it, we're like oh, a bit deflated as a family. And so I and I thought, all right, you know what, let's go, just go to bed. Tomorrow's another day. And hopefully we'll get some more clarity this morning or this afternoon or this evening, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. We're hoping for a bit more clarity in the next coming days. And I know that there's a lot of criticism about the stay alert message and what that really means. So uh, we'll hopefully see in the next couple of weeks or, or days, we hope, uh, a bit more clarity on, on those things. Yeah. Um, well, we, we should probably get to Psalm 23, um, given that this is a church podcast. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great that we are... Um, you know, we're looking at Psalms in, in this uh, teaching series, and um, it's been a great series so far. And Steve Tibbet, the senior pastor, uh, preached from Psalm 23 on Sunday. And uh, it's a well-known psalm. You know, we, we all know the psalm uh, really well. It's pretty famous. Um, but it'd be great just to have a bit of a discussion around Psalm 23. Um, I know they're well-known verses, as I say, but um, what, is there anything in Psalm 23 that you guys feel, oh, we should really talk about that? We, that really stuck out to me, and we should really talk about that. Oh, the open-ended question to nobody in particular. I always find, I, I, I'm always going to fill that silence first. Phil, oh man, every meeting I'm in with Phil, someone does that. They ask an open-ended question and Phil just knows how to keep quiet and just waits and I then leap in. I mean, the psalm is stunning, isn't it? It's, it's I think, it's almost everybody's favourite psalm, I think. And, and even when you try and have a quirky alternative psalm that's your favourite, it's still ends up being this sort of beautifully reassuring um, passage. I, to me, I think it's the idea that rest is possible, um, that probably at the moment, I, I feel like you, because I've, you read this thing so many times, it's like every time you read it or hear it, God says something different to you. And I think the idea that God shepherding is a, is a means of providing restoration to the soul. So I think that idea of leading beside quiet waters and refreshing my soul is probably the bit that most ministers to me at the moment um it feels you know sometimes you're in a season where I've, here's a table in the midst of my enemies and sometimes you feel like my cup overflows with joy i think at the moment i feel like yeah this is you know quiet waters restoring my soul and i need jesus to do that and i feel like i well, it was actually challenging even yesterday like looking for boris johnson to restore my soul is never going to work looking for an announcement <laughs> or a program or a roadmap or schools reopening or whatever it might be those things they actually don't provide it. Even if all of the things I wanted from lockdown changed instantly, they would not refresh my soul. That's not where it's found. And so for me to, I think that's what I needed to hear at the very least. Yeah. 
Go on, Cindy, go on. I was just going to say, I think for me, because I've um, dealt with a lot of bereavement calls and um, had to um, kind of encourage and comfort people, I think for me, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, that resonated with me. And um, my dad died in 2013 and he died in a different country. So I never got to see him. I never got to speak to him and I had a call the day before he died and I wanted to talk to him but he wasn't feeling very well so I promised to call the next day but when I did he had died and so it really resonates with me with people who have been suffering that at the moment because of the virus they cannot go to the hospital mm. you know you that that closure is not there so for me that really resonated with me and you know I miss my church family and they are my family. You know, in Romans, it talks about rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And every time I take that phone call, I do mourn with them because they are my family and I feel their pain. And um, I just try and encourage and support them. So, you know, just even looking at that psalm and knowing that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, we will fear no evil for thou art with me and thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. And that really resonates with me. And, um, you know, it's interesting as well because I'm a very um, kind of um, touchy-feely person. So I miss the hugs. And you know, in, in therapy, a hug says what words can't say. You know, sometimes when someone rings you and says, you know, this person's passed, sometimes you don't know what to say. But if that person was next to me, I could give them that hug and that hug would say everything that I'm trying to say. So those are difficult times, I think, for a lot of people, knowing that they cannot have that connection. And especially if you're isolated as well. So yeah, so that's, that, that kind of resonated with me when Steve was preaching. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Cindy. And uh, we need to recognise, obviously, that this is a, a tough season for lots of people uh, experiencing illness and loss and bereavement. And uh, so my hope and prayer, I guess, for all of us is that uh, yeah, lots of people would have found this psalm very comforting, uh, knowing that we have a shepherd who, who loves us, who cares for us, who comforts us, who restores our soul. Um, but yeah, thank you for, uh, for sharing that. Um, how about you, Phil? Was there anything that stuck out to you? Yeah, when I was, I was thinking about this psalm this morning, and I, it sounds so incredibly obvious probably, but I was just thinking about the fact that, you know, how revolutionary it would be if we, I, we all believed, believed this psalm. Like, I mean, I, I think at one level, people, you know, you do believe it, but like, if it came into focus every day, that... I have a shepherd, my shepherd, who does all these things and I don't need to fear and he's with me and he pursues me with good, you know, pursues me every day with goodness and mercy in all those things and how utterly revolutionary that would be in terms of anxiety or fear or, you know, concern about provision or you know, all those kind of things. I just think, I find the challenge is to live in if you like to live in the good of it and to tr trust i was listening to a message somebody else preached the other day uh out of out of john i think but just this whole thing about you know basically we you know jesus going you know will you believe me you gotta you know do you believe me will you believe in me and <laughs> i just think there's that you know you become a christian by saying i believe i believe in you i want to give you my life but this daily challenge to go i believe you i believe you will provide i believe you are with me i believe so it probably wasn't any one thing for me. It's more just, you know, can I, 
can I live in the good of that? Can I wait long enough for it to, can I sit still long enough for it to come into focus for me again? And because it's funny, I think in this season, it feels like I should have more time. But personally, I don't feel like I have more time. I feel like I have, in some ways, I feel like I have less time. That's not true of everybody I know, but for me at the moment. And so I feel this challenge of, I want to learn and I want to go deeper and I want to, I want to sit quietly and allow you know because it's weird because it's not it's in some ways it's a very quiet season but it feels full on as well with zoom so i feel like there's this weird con con contrast of there's there's a slowing of life but i i still don't feel slow myself i don't know if that makes any sense i feel like if i I will hear the words Mm. of the shepherd again and then i'll believe him and yeah uh, so that's uh, very well put. Mm. Um, I don't, it didn't feel very well put, but uh, <laughs> it definitely resonated uh, with with me. Um, I, I feel that yeah, in a season where we sh- we ought to be slowing down, that's kind of the what's portrayed anyway. What's talked about is that life is slower. Actually, life doesn't feel slower, and I probably feel like I have filled my life with with things um, that I guess you could describe as distractions. And you know, now that we're housebound, I'm thinking a lot more about you know, painting and decorating the house, um, building things, doing the gardening, um, and even even going out running or cycling, I can look to those things to sort of refresh my soul, uh, to restore. Yes. And the challenge which you've articulated well is, do we actually believe the psalm? And do we really believe that, that God is the only one as the good shepherd who, who can restore our souls, who can refresh us, who can, you know, who can you know satisfy us with all things? You know, yeah. do we really believe that, or do we actually just go to worldly things for for restoration and uh, for joy and for comfort and all those things? Yes, I had I I wanted for some time to write an um, and I might yet yeah, I don't know write an article about an Augustinian theology of holidays. Bear, bear with me. Um, so Augustine's quote, which you know we often I've often quoted, I've heard other people start quoting it now at Kings as well about our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Um, but how true that came became to me when we took a holiday, or Rachel and I went away to Avignon in south of France about four or five years ago. Things were tough for the children, and we got one sort of two nights away a year that we asked the parent, the in-laws, to look after the children. And, flew away somewhere and just escaped. And it's the most stunning place, you know, it's just incredibly, it's just, it's warm. You're sitting outside drinking wine, eating in late evening. It's just the most fantastic, sort of romantic escape kind of environment. And, and we just, I realized while I was there, how true it was, like for some of the, sometimes through the things I was doing just to try and escape the stress of the world and try and find rest. How often I kept hitting the buffers and thinking, I don't actually get, I love this, but I don't get my rest from it. I just, if I can, I can be just as stressed here as I can back at home, I can, I was reading a book that was making me feel a bit more ambitious and a bit more a desire for success and power. And, and I, exactly the same is happening in lockdown. I think you, you look for so many other things, even if it's just sitting down on the sofa at the end of the day and watching something on Netflix or playing a game or having a beer or whatever it might be. There are these things that the world offers and they're not bad in themselves. None of them. I do them all, mm. but they not, not usually at the same time, um, but they get offered to you almost as like, here's where rest is to be found. And mm. the number of times I've hit the buffers in my Christian life, and I still need to keep learning the lesson again and again and learning what Augustine said. You don't get rest from there in the end. You get it from what Psalm 23 is saying. That's where mm. it refreshes my soul. You don't, and those other things might be means he uses, but if you're looking to anything other than God to f- satisfy that 
oh, I just need to, you just don't find it. And I think I, lockdown has been a weird journey of almost learning that over again on loop, at least in my context. And it may, may relate to you and your infinite number of star jumps a day, Charles. So maybe, maybe why, I don't know, but it is strange. You just, we're not wired to find that from anything else. It's right over there. Yeah. yeah. Can I just, I just wanted to say um, just something that Phil was saying and Andrew as well about, um, first of all, Phil was saying about believing and Andrew um, as well about, you know, it, it's, it's just that where else do you go? Because it, when my father passed, I had no other choice but to go to God and to find that peace, rest, encouragement, comfort from God. No one else could give that to me. People could comfort you and encourage you, but ultimately God was the answer, you know, and that's what got me through. I didn't go, I didn't go back to um, the funeral wasn't for another like three, four months. So during that time, I had to find someone to lean on. And the only person that I could lean on was God. So ultimately it is important that you focus on God and trust in God because ultimately he's the one that we all have to rely on and trust in. And he's the one who will make a way when sometimes there seems to be no way. Yeah. It's interesting that Cindy, that phrase you just used, yeah. I read, uh, I think, it, I can't remember if it's John six or John seven, but. Yeah. The, the passage where you know Jesus has delivered some teaching and people are like man this is way too hard and a whole bunch of people leave and Jesus just looks at his disciples and says are you gonna go and they go and they say that phrase you know who else do we have to go to and yeah. I, I think that the problem is is that so often like Andrew was saying we we do go elsewhere yeah yeah we do you know you, mm. we do we go elsewhere we we try and validate our lives by mm -hmm. achieving all sorts of stuff or we try and find rest by certain kinds of experiences and mm -hmm. and yeah all those things are potentially gifts aren't they but they don't mm -hmm. validate mm -mm. they don't give us the rest we're after and i think being able to say who where else who else is there i could go to actually being able to go i, I do have this is the option that i'm going to go for um and it's quite a, it's quite a discipline and quite a challenge but yeah. you're right mm -hmm. that's that's very good i'm i'm just wondering you know there's going to be you know, people listening to this, potentially watching this, who are, uh, if they're like me, are going to ask the question, um, are there any top tips for during lockdown, how they can begin to live this out? You know, it's so easy for all of us, as we've been describing, to go elsewhere for, for rest, uh, for restoration. Um, but are there any top tips um, that we would have for people in lockdown to kind of reorientate their hearts towards God and to come to him for comfort? Uh, and restoration any any top tips out there yeah, i would encourage people to join a group to connect um because there's people i've spoken to who are feeling isolated because they're on the fringe they haven't joined a group they're not connecting in with anyone and obviously we're not at church so they're not seeing anyone so i would recommend people to join a group and um even for the bereavement that i was talking about there's a support group it's called from lost again it's um, a group being led by Gulam. And it's just a group where you can zoom in, people will, someone will pray with you, listen to you and encourage you and support you on that bereavement journey, which is a very difficult journey. And also the pastoral care clinic, we are running it every Monday now. We've got two slots, seven to eight, eight to nine. And again, I will allocate you to someone who will spend that time with you, pray with you and resource you as well. So um, I would just recommend join a group, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, my, my, my comment was completely different, really, it, it, just a sort of impersonal, because I think it depends what challenge you're facing, isn't it? I think it's, it's fascinating. How, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I, I just naturally think people are facing the same kind of thing as I am or we are. So I'm thinking is how do you, 
how do you declutter your head long enough with children running around doing everything? To, which, mm. of course, is not everybody's mm. issue at all. And many people are much more in the situation Cindy's just described. Um, I've got too much noise in my life rather than too little. And all that sort of, but um, but I, I do think that probably even more than in normal life, having a particular bit of the day, uh, even if a few minutes, if it's possible to have yeah i mean obviously it's not possible for every single person but a bit of the day where you just like forming new routines but it's probably a different time than it used to be and it probably means you can't do something you used to do so like carved aside to be able to read the word and pray where you your effect in both the dynamic and both in terms of what you're breathing in from the word and what you're breathing out in prayer you are looking for rest in god exactly what we've just been talking about or looking for joy in god that's another angle we haven't even touched on that in the psalm but the idea of you know my cup overflows and goodness and mercy will love you it will follow me all the days of my life but that kind of thing where we're going to god saying god i need this for today and will you please open the word to me in my heart so that i can get it and may in the course of this it depends how long it is for some people it might only be five minutes some people it might be half an hour or even longer but that dynamic of just saying, Lord, you are the place I'm going to find this. And so for me, I've realized in lockdown, probably what we typically call a quiet time, although it isn't always very quiet, is th that for me has become even more important than it, always, than it used to be. Because I feel like if my head is, if I'm not drawing joy from God, then I am going to look for, you know, Netflix and games and exercise and all these other things mm -hmm. for something that only God could provide. So that, that's a, a different perspective mm -hmm. on it, but that's, that's what I would say to do, forming mm -hmm. a new routine where you have a slot in the day for that purpose alone. Mm -hmm. Anything to add, Phil? Oh, I mean, I guess there's so much you could say. I, I, I even just think a very simple thing would be to learn that psalm. You know, um, you know when I lost my mum, I just recited that psalm and I just you know just recited it and because i do think there's something about just learning and repeating and re as you do remind trying to be present in that moment mm. you know like i guess and using the moments the pockets of time like andrew said you know whether and where you just try and be present because i just think as you speak truth eventually that truth starts to dawn on you again i have a shepherd up there is one who cares for me he wants to provide and then i think you believe that it's living and active and and he wants to speak through his word so whatever you know, mm -hmm. we start by talking to God, don't we? But often he, start, he starts, you know, what really comes out is he wants to tell me he's my shepherd. And, mm -hmm. But I think it's a bit like when I preached the other week, I talked about the fact I, really, I love running, but I really want to go running. But once I do run, I'm like, I'm so glad I went. And I, that's often what I find. Mm -hmm. you know, if I start that was such a helpful moment, by the way. I know mm -hmm. I texted you, but that just blessed me so much. I've never heard that illustration. And I know exactly what you mean, although I go running much less than you. Um, but I thought it was such a helpful way of making that case. I, I really did. It blessed me a lot. Yeah, thanks. So I would just learn the song and repeat it. I mean, if you could, I'd do it every day this week. And just okay. and allow God and just be in the be in the psalm for a few moments and just say, God, I'm, I need you. Mm. That, that's really helpful. I know that uh, Steve mentioned this on Sunday about, you know, we can we can know the psalm or we can know the shepherd. And there was mm. a challenge of knowing the shepherd. And I, I feel like, yeah, what you said, Phil, is really helpful in terms of um, reading through that psalm, memorizing mm. and coming to God and, and praying to him and, and, and knowing the shepherd. Um, as, a, as a personal relationship with him would be mm. really, so, um, yeah. Really, yeah. really great yeah. tips. I was just going to say on Sunday, Phil, you also said draw, um, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. So that was something else that you said on mm. Sunday. That's, um, that's true as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
Well, as we uh, begin to wrap up uh, the first of these conversations, are there any other comments that any of you would like to make, whether that's going into this week uh, for us and those who are listening, or whether there's any final comments you want to make about Psalm 23? Uh, it'd be good to just uh, have a few minutes on that. So any final comments um, about this week or about Psalm 23? Oh, Charles, I, I just think the things that everybody has just said in terms of Psalm 23 would be great to do. Uh, and we, you know, like Cindy said about being in a group, we, we pray, prayed with some friends last night. It's just so encouraging just to talk with friends and be open and then pray. Uh, just think doing things like that, just things that we all know are good to do, but sometimes it's a question of just doing them. I, I definitely, you know, really encourage people to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Great. Great. <laughs> it seems like we, we've said enough, so uh, it's great. Thank you so much, guys, for being the, the first guests on this conversation. Um, just to add a couple of things for this week, just a reminder that we have the Alpha course, uh, two Alpha courses starting uh, this week on Thursday evening and Friday uh, daytime. Uh, if you'd like to explore a bit more about the Christian faith, ask questions, um, just go onto our website. There's loads of information on there. Um, I'm actually going to be leading the courses on Thursday night and Friday lunchtime. I'd love to get to know you, love to help maybe answer any questions that you have alongside the team. And uh, it's free, it's absolutely free, it's online, uh, go there. And um, if you're someone who maybe is a member of Kings or attends regularly, can I encourage you to be thinking about people to invite? Maybe get out and, and just be thinking about um, people who you can invite along to the Alpha course, that would be great. Uh, as others have said, join a group, be connected into community. And uh, lastly, look out for these conversations. We want to do them regularly. If you have any feedback, do email us, do get in touch. We'd love to hear your feedback. We're hoping to do this quite regularly uh, during this season. We hope you have a great <laughs> week. Uh, stay safe, stay connected, stay prayerful, all those things. Stay and alert. Stay alert. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Whatever that is. Dating star we, jumps. We should also say, uh, stay active. You know, we've, we've talked a lot about exercise in this week's uh, conversation. Yeah. Go on, Andrew. <laughs> get on those star jumps. You know, I mean, I want to see plenty of people doing star jumps this week. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Charles. Okay. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great week. Cheers, guys. Bye. <laughs>